Welcome to the Excellent Exo Chat with Bill and Nora. Our podcast is meant to educate, inform, and discuss the ever-expanding topic of exotechnologies. If you are interested in exoskeletons, robots, or automated systems, you should listen to us. We will be discussing how these technologies impact you through chats with experts and users from around the world. Hey, Nora, how you doing? Hey, Bill, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I hear we've got something fun to talk about today. We do, and it you know it falls off of the whole me trying to do DIY projects around the house. Oh and no! Yes, so of course with all of this, I've I've started um, tapping into HGTV. Yes, and as part of that, I started getting into the program that goes into tiny homes. Tiny homes. What do you yes. mean tiny? What do you mean tiny homes? Do you mean <laughs> so, like you mean like the doll houses and stuff you can buy at toy stores? No, no. So it's actual like tiny homes or small houses that individuals live in, and they're small. Um, like everything is compact. We've seen, you know, I've seen one that's a very popular one on social where a couple turns a school bus into an actual home they put in an actual kitchen yeah working kitchen and a bathroom and a living area and so these homes are smaller and they are just very compacted small spaces that individuals utilize as their home so instead of having your traditional brick and mortar, so to speak, you know, three leveled home with a basement and, you know, a first floor and a second floor. They don't have this. It's basically you have a small living area. You have a a kitchen that you can utilize, but it's a very small kitchen. You have a bathroom and a shower space. And it's kind of like taking the RV concept, but putting it on a plot of land. Okay. So, so let me, let me give you... Let me see if I can understand this. So, have you ever been to like uh, Falling Water, the Frank Lloyd Wright house? Yes. Okay. I've so, not been there, but I have seen it. All right. So, one of the, it's very cool. But one of the big things about it is like there's a lot of things like integrated into the house, built mm-hmm. into the house, storage spaces, and all these kind of things. So it's a it's a utilization of the space kind of design concept. Yes. Are tiny houses kind of like this, like you say, in sort of like an RV where there's a lot of things sort of built into the structure of the house, so you're not having to buy like a lot of extra furniture and stuff? Is that right. kind of how it works? Yeah. yeah, a little bit. So it's kind of like just getting rid of all of the excess space that you just don't utilize. And it's really become popular for individuals, um, you know, that are within their 20s to probably, you know, upper 30s, maybe even to their 40s, but individuals that like to spend more of their time outside and oh, okay. going on different types of um, adventures and traveling. And so what they're doing is they're not spending the average cost of a single family home. So actually in the US, the current cost or the average single family home cost is about $357,000. Whoa, that's a lot. It is, it is a lot. And what is happening is, you know, a lot of individuals who are around this age have decided that, you know, that's something that they don't wanna spend their money on. Right. So these tiny house builders and proponents that have come about 
is that there are tiny houses that really are just specific to having the general needs right. of living. Um, so a place to sleep, a place to get clean, a place to eat. Um, and that's that's kind of and a bathroom, it. right? There's a bathroom right. in there, it's right? Affordable, yeah. It's affordable <laughs> housing, um, and it's very effective and efficient, right? Um, so really, what has happened is it's really led to a vast divergent um, designs too, as well. So yeah, depending on hold- where you have the tiny house depends on how you're building it, right? Yeah, but hold on here now. So I got a couple <laughs> things. Well. Mm-hmm. One thing is I, I just Googled an article and it's like they 3D printed this tiny house in like 48 mm-hmm. hours and it's like 10K. So I'm getting you like, oh, that's a drastic change in price. But, right. But I'm just thinking about where I live now and, and, you know, I've lived in several different places and a lot of places where people live now have homeowners associations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can, can't even imagine the level of I'll just say uh, upsetness and and drama there would be if someone tore down a regular size house in a, in a HOA neighborhood mm-hmm. and put a tiny house on there because yeah. it wouldn't match with any of the other houses in the neighborhood. How are people dealing with that? Yes, yeah, so that's actually like a really great question and something that I think the committee, so we actually have a committee oh, um, EO6, yeah, on buildings and they just stood up a subcommittee EO626 on tiny houses. Right. And they're going to start addressing all these types of questions as to how tiny houses should be addressed. Um, and different standards that are going to be important, such as how are they connected to electrical grids? Right. Um, how do they deal with wastewater and gray water? Um, okay. what is, what kind of foundation is needed for a tiny house that includes certifications and more? Right. That's so the same thing with like 3D yes. printing. Cause you know, you don't need the same kind of structures and trusses and all that kind of stuff. If you 3D right. print a house and that, right. that doesn't match up the current building codes from my understanding. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So and it also diverges from the, you know, vastly approved designs and implementations that individuals Mm. are using around the world for our what we would call, I guess, standard, quote unquote, houses or homes or buildings. Right. Um, So with these tiny homes, you obviously have a situation in which the designs that were typically utilized are going to be different from what has been widely accepted worldwide. Yeah. So the purpose of the new subcommittee is to address and be able to establish um, such standards so that this product of a tiny home can be safe, livable, as well as a full-time housing option. you know, as we're moving forward, because one of the things that you'll see is since tiny homes uh, are more affordable, right. in a sense, look at individuals who are um, getting to the age where they're older, they're retired, um, you know, senior living situation where they can't go upstairs, they can't or, have a basement, they can't Or have- they're just, you know, like me, a minimalist. Right? I don't want exactly. a lot of stuff. I totally exactly. get that. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know... 
people who are homeless, right? If they have different areas that have tiny homes that they can utilize that, again, it's just a place to be safe, to sleep, to be able to have a small kitchen, to be able to get clean. Right. Um, You know, it's, it's a really great option for these individuals that may not be able to buy the average home at $375,000 a year and pay a mortgage. Yeah. I mean, Um, I, I get that, but that, that, goes into like that's a whole nother area of like the economics Mm -hmm. around houses and and house appreciation and using that value later on in your retirement and 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 investing in houses and all that kind of stuff it just you know that's a whole nother sector of the economy and how does this fit in and does it does it fit in or is it like a radical change Exactly, exactly. And so that's all of these things that the individuals within this subcommittee are going to be um, addressing. But but thus far, mm-hmm. based on, you know, the different articles that ASTM has point out, there's there's several proposed areas okay. um, that they're looking at standardizing uh, for these tiny homes. And a lot of them include best building practices, uh, certifications, test methods, as well as, you know, a global quality assurance program, which we talked about a little bit here as to how that's going to be affected, um, as well as just community development. So we talked about the HOA. Are there going to be tiny house community developments and and type of microgrid utilities, as well as minor construction uh, requirements? So, so wait a minute. Let's, this, what yeah, about this? Ahead. So what about yeah. this? What about the opposite? So say you've got a tiny home community and it's going to have its own HOA. And let's just say, you know, they've got, I'll say, regular size plots of land. So maybe like a third of an acre or something like that, which is a pretty good size, you know, yard. Mm -hmm. You know, I know in some areas you you get bigger, but the third of acre is pretty big. And family lives there, love their neighborhood, but they outgrow they're tiny home, you know, they have kids or they have relatives right. that move in and they want to tear down their tiny home and make a little bigger home. Mm-hmm. How, how, how are we going to be able to deal with that sort of reverse situation where you're going to go from a smaller house and make a bigger house in a tiny home neighborhood? How do mm-hmm. you deal with that? Yeah. And those are all, I mean, those are great legitimate questions. And those are questions that, you know, honestly, Bill, I don't have the answer, but I'm sure that these members, the committee members are going to be talking about okay. because one of the other things that they're talking about is, you know, you have tiny homes that are, um, in place, they don't right. move. But then you also have people that are calling tiny houses, like the bus situation. Oh. Um. So in that in that situation, like they're questioning whether is that a building or is it a vehicle? Right. Right. So there's all these different questions. So you know, is it is be. it a RV? And mm-hmm. and then you know, I assume you guys have that have them up there in, in Pennsylvania, but definitely in the South, you have what's called mobile homes or trailers. Yeah. Which, yep. which they're they're permanent, semi permanent. They can be put up on wheels and moved at any time. You know right. all of these things. And yes, you know, is a mobile home a tiny home now, and vice versa? Right. And how do you classify them? Right. right? And and do the regulations differ based on what kind of tiny home it is, or? Um, it's all questions that individuals have been asking and, okay. you know, luckily enough, they've come to ASTM to start standardizing, 
um, how tiny homes are addressed and looked at and making sure that, you know, they're safe in, right. in the future. Now, I I would love to be able to give a term as to how <laughs> tiny home is defined. But um, at this time, I'm not I'm not finding one and I'm not sure that it has been defined by, you know, this subcommittee. Right. Um, EO 626 yet. I'm sure they're working on a standard terminology um, document. But if that will be very interesting, right, as to how they define. Where is the line, right? Where is the line? Yeah. Um, because, could, and here's the thing, uh, you know, like, how do you define a tiny home? And is it just specific to humans? Like, could a doghouse oh, be a Lord. tiny home? Yeah. Could could a shelter or an outside, you know, you see catios, right? Like, right. well, at least I see catios. But, you know, exactly like you just said, what are the bounds, the limitations, the lines right. to be able to develop standards in this area to assure that, you know, safety is taken into account, but what also isn't, is it not inclusive of? Yeah. Um, because I mean, that's really key. I mean, what, what if you, what if you live on a property, you have a regular size house and you want to put a tiny home in the back, but right. you're, but it's zoned for single family occupancy homes. Right. So now you've added have you added a second home to the property, which is not allowed, or have you not? That's well, going right. to be a question, right? You know, and like as a as a kid when I was growing up, um, you know, what was really big at the time was those little houses, right? I don't want to call it a tiny house because I don't think no, they were no. technically classified that. But it was like a play. It was playhouse. a playhouse. Right, yeah, right, it was a playhouse. Right. Um. You know, and my neighbor had one and yeah. it was very, I mean, again, there was no kitchen, there was right. no electric, there was right. nothing, but it was, it was like a tiny right. home. But then, you know, you also take into account the she shed, sure, right? The man cave that goes out in the back. Um, what, what about, you know, a lot of times they call them uh, mother-in-law suites. What if you take yes. a regular size house, you, you basically make a tiny house, but you attach it. Right. To the current house. Is it separate now? And is it a <laughs> exactly. tiny home? Or is it just a, a room off of your current house? Yeah. How do we do exactly. that? Exactly. You know? Like, how do you define the bounds? And these, you know, it's very interesting to me as to how people are going to, or how this, um, the technical experts within this subcommittee are going to be able to have these conversations and come up with how that is justified or how that is in inclusive um, moving forward and how they're going to develop those standards. And again, you know, with anything else and other committees, we've seen this, you know, we've seen this with our EXO committees as well as, as like you said, where's the line? Yeah. What does this standard cover? What doesn't it cover? Um, and that really comes back to being very clear with scope and, and, you know, it's important to say what you're including, but it's also even more important to say what it doesn't include. Right. Um, or what is technically out of scope? Because sometimes you have situations where it can be, a, it can be gray. If, yeah. if you don't specifically say it, then you don't know. Right. right. Well, and, um, and this is kind of key, especially because these standards are going to inform building regulations all right. around the world in a sense. And so right. now you have to, if, once it becomes a regulation, you have to comply and build to this or better. Right. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. And of course, at the end of the day, you know, safety. Right. It is really a key aspect to standards in general. Right. Um, you know, a lot of the times standards are put in place because of the safety aspect. And and same thing with these houses, you know, the tiny houses, they're they're even though they're still homes. Yes. They're different than what our building regulations have stated because they're much smaller. What is utilized, what is used, how it's done, it's it's different. It it doesn't fall under 100% what the standard already covers. So Right. And and it's you know, very interesting. From a fire perspective, you know, I'd have a lot of questions mm-hmm. around this. It's like, you know, will will a tiny home because it it is similar in in some respects to like a room in a building Will it right. have an occupancy rating? What kind right. of what kind of fire su- suppression will be required for a tiny mm-hmm. home that's different from a regular home? You yeah. know, can you put a sprinkler system in these things? You know, what right. you know, what kind of building materials are allowed in this that's any yeah. different than a regular house? You know, right. all of those things come in. And if yeah. you're if you're a firefighter mm-hmm. and you're responding to a tiny home. Right. Uh, how do you do that? Is there anything you need to do different with this versus a regular house? And so, yeah, like I used to work at the National Institute of Standards and Technology NIST, and they do a lot of uh, fire research to inform building codes and building regulations and and fire safety type standards. And so they often, you know, take replicas of houses and rooms and stuff like that and burn them and see what materials you know, or more flammable mm-hmm. and, and it helps inform the codes. I wonder if they have looked at tiny homes or not. You know, that'd be interesting to see what they've done as far as a research perspective right. on the fire side of things too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just thinking about it, you know, living, like potentially living in a tiny home, like you just said, the fire detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. Yeah. What it, like what does that look like? Right. And maybe maybe it is the same. I have I have no idea, but it's all things that you know need to be taken into consideration when you're talking about the building codes, right? right that yeah, would be based like on a the, tiny home. You brought up a great one, smoke detectors. When you put in smoke detectors in your house, you should have it, you know, there's guidelines for for where they right. should be. But one of the things is pretty ubiquitous with most smoke detectors is you don't want them too close to your stove. Yes. <laughs> because it will just go off as a nuisance alarm all the time. Right. In a tiny home. How does that work? How does that work? And where right. is the recommended place to right. put these smoke detectors? And or the do ventilation. You, or do you need something different than a regular right. smoke detector? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I know, unfortunately, like with our house, our smoke detector, I feel like similar to many other homes, is right outside of our kitchen. You right. literally walk out the kitchen into the hallway, there's a smoke detector. Boom. Yep. Um, so we know anytime that we're cooking bacon or we have anything <laughs> that is utilizing grease that causes more smoke, yeah. we, you know, we're turning on the vent and we're also opening the window. Right. Um, and we even have a we even have a door in our kitchen. So sometimes we'll even open the door as well. Right. But yeah, I mean, these are all considerations that you know need to be discussed and addressed um while they're they're making these standards um but i thought it was a really cool concept when i 
saw it on HGTV. I know it's been out there for a while now, but you know, it's funny. It's like when you want to buy a car and you have a certain car in mind, that's the only car that you see on the road. Right. Um, you know, that's kind of the thing now, right? Like I watched this episode on HGTV and now all I see on social media is tiny homes or, you know, (laughs) cars or school buses that have been converted into, you know, these tiny houses. And again, we've talked about this, Bill, how it's amazing to see emerging technology get better right among the ages right like people living in vans have been a thing for you know like beach beach surfers right and again i'm not i thought you were talking about talking about the comedy skits where you know (laughs) you live in the van underneath the bridge you know (laughs) you know i'm not trying to generalize or, or say anything but you know we we've gone from you know, seeing individuals that live in their car or, you know, they live in a tent or they live sure. in something that is not the the normal, quote right. unquote, right. Um, brick and mortar type situation. And, and now this has evolved into like they have kitchens now in these cars and they have showers and bathrooms and you know like it went from that to rvs and now people like you know the the trailer homes and now to this so so let me throw another uh curveball in here so i had a friend who uh lived uh on a houseboat in washington dc is a is a houseboat or a sailboat whatever but let's just say houseboat and, and you see that in the Netherlands also and other places that have, mm-hmm. you know, a big water culture where people live on boats. They live in a marina. They've got hookup mm-hmm. to, you know, right. services, electricity yeah. and plumbing and all that. But they live on the yep. boat. Is that a tiny home or is that something different? You know? Right. Exactly. And, and, and it's really funny, too, because it comes back to our favorite conversation of terminology. right? Sure. Because everyone defines what they call home differently right some people call you know refer to home as their physical location right some people refer to home as where they feel comfortable when they're with their family like their home right they have that that scent right um and sometimes it's both right like i feel home when i visit my parents but right. I also feel that I'm home when I'm in my house with my family, my, my husband and my child. Right. Um, you know, we also had a, a beach house that we used to rent out every summer and we went there for 18 years. And wow. every time that I would come in that summer, I would go, oh, it's nice to be home. Like, right. Even though it wasn't my home. Right. It was a sense of familiarity for me. Right. Um, so that's the other thing too, you know, like, like you, that was a great question that you just said, because it's a houseboat. People refer to that as their home. That's yes. where they live. That's where they feel comfortable. That's where they feel their family dynamic. Right. Um, and same thing with these tiny houses. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm really excited to see the conversations, the standards that come out of EO 626 on tiny houses. Um, and you know, <laughs> It's it's with another staff manager under ASTM. It's with Frank McConnell, and uh, you know he's he's doing a great job already <laughs> at getting conversations going and everything else. But it's so great because my office is right next to him. Oh, nice. Or to his. So right. I love going in and being like, so what what was the conversation, right? Because it's an interesting topic. Right, absolutely. And maybe um, we can get somebody for a future podcast that's in the tiny home community to come and yeah. talk to us and, 
and dispel yeah. some of these myths maybe I, I have. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know Frank would be willing to come on and, and just talk about, you know, the conversations that they're having. You know, he's he's with ASTM, so he's not a technical expert. But um, it would be really great to just have a future podcast with him on here just to talk about a little bit about what, what they're doing and, and the conversations that they're having. So, Well, cool. This was great. I, I really enjoyed the conversation today. I, I want to hear some more about this in the future. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. Thanks so much. And I appreciate you allowing me to talk about all the DIY projects that I am <laughs> oh. thinking about, but not implementing at the moment. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll have some more before this for the next podcast. <laughs> I can guarantee it. <laughs> all right. Take all right. Care. Thanks, Bill. Bye. Thank you for listening to us today. Please share this podcast with your friends and join us next time.